Welcome to the UK Ed podcast from UK Ed Magazine and UK Ed Chat. I'm Martin, and for this episode, I wanted to share the new UK Ed After Hours webinar session that I'm hosting after selected UK Ed Chat discussions, which take place on Twitter every Thursday evening. We went live after UK Ed Chat session 187, which focused on best educational technologies. I was joined by Lowry Jones and Matt Walby, and we had a conversation about the points raised during the Twitter discussion. It was interesting to listen to perspectives from the primary and secondary classroom. So let's listen to their viewpoints regarding educational technology from the webinar. Hello and welcome to our very first UK Ed Chat After Hours webinar. Uh, I have two guests with me to discuss the topic of best ed tech, best educational technology, uh, which is quite pressing at the moment as we're in a bit of a, um, a changeover of uh, technology um, going on in the news and in society and there are big events happening like BET at the moment. So it's a really important time to talk about this kind of thing. So I've got two guests with me. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and also where to find them on Twitter, if you'd like to follow up anything they're going to say. So, Lowry, if we can start with you. Uh, hello, I'm Lowry Jones. I'm a U1 primary school teacher. I recently changed from Key Stage 2, so it's very new to me. Um, I'm on Twitter. My ha handle is at MissJonesTeach. Hi, my name is Matt Walby. I'm a secondary school history teacher. Um, I was teaching Key Stage 3 and Key Stage 4, and I also have some responsibility for managing subjects in the EBAC department. Um, and my Twitter handle is simply at Matt Walby. Okay, super. Uh, my name is Martin. I'm your host. Um, you can find me at ICT Magic. I'm a primary school teacher uh, with a specialism in educational technology, um, but I'm also one of the elves behind UK EdChat. So uh, tonight we're discussing about uh, EdTech and we're going to talk about the same kind of questions that we talked about in the Twitter chat. Now, if you're watching this live, then there should be the link already in the sidebar. In the sidebar, you can also make comments to uh, the speakers as we're going on in real time. If you're watching this on social media later, it'll be fantastic if you can write a comment or reply to the particular post that you're seeing this in. So the first question we asked in the Twitter chat uh, was, what kind of role does, edu uh, does EdTech play in the classroom? Is it a big role? So Laurie, what's your opinion about that? Can. And it definitely does, I feel, in upper key stages. Mm -hmm. So when I work year six, we use tech all the time. Daily, we do our English writing on there, our topic work. 
But now that I've moved down, I find that my children don't want to use tech as much. And oh, they prefer to be outside or um, in the construction zone or in the creative zone. So it can be a bit of a struggle to make them mm-hmm. come and use the tech in the classroom. That's fascinating. So I haven't really heard that perspective before. I usually get that impression that kids are so eager to use technology and it's pretty much all they want to do. So in many ways, that's probably a good yeah. sign. Um, so is the school taking any um, active measures to encourage them to use technology at a younger age? Um, yes, we have our um, enhanced and continuous provisions in our classroom and ICT, the ITZ zone, is one of those. And there's always a fun activity in there for them to do. And they use Seesaw a lot in our school. So the children will upload their work on there and they can peer assess, self-assess. And they do enjoy looking back at their old uh, work that they've completed. So I suppose in its way. Mm-hmm. And Matt, what about you? Do, what kind of role do you think that educational technology plays in your classroom and uh, throughout the wider school? It's funny, it's one of the things I was saying earlier was that obviously when everyone was doing coursework in Key Stage 4, there was always a mad scramble for sort of using laptops and devices in the sort of you know, summer, spring, summer term of year 11. But since that's been removed by the government, actually it's gone down use of ICT um, in secondary schools, I would suggest. Obviously, subjects such as iMedia and GCSE Computer Science and Computer Science in Key Stage 3 are still using it. But I think in other subject areas, um, it's obviously I'm speaking for myself here, I think use has actually gone down um, in the last couple of years. Mm, that's interesting. So do you think that maybe students are getting saturated with technology? So they're getting their, their fill outside of the classroom, as it were. So they're less inclined to use it within class or less enthusiastic to use it within class. I think for me, um, the problem with the ICT in classrooms, is it can just become so big. It's, it's such a big thing now. If you say, you know, let's, let's research me, it really needs such tight parameters. Otherwise, the students can go off on all kinds of bizarre tangents. I think sometimes they actually find that quite a frustration that they can't actually achieve what they're trying to achieve um, mm-hmm. because it's just such a big thing out there. They actually, in some ways, prefer the type of control of a more, if you like, traditional lesson where the teacher, you know, directs them to do something and then they go away and independently do that and they come back and show their results. Um, mm-hmm. the, the problem with ICT can be, certainly from my experience, that they just go onto websites that are inappropriate, you know, they go onto Wikipedia, which of course it can be pages and pages and pages and pages of text, which is, can be not particularly relevant for that particular inquiry. So you have to keep it really, really tightly controlled, otherwise they just drift off into their own little thing. Mm. It's a well-documented phenomenon, the, the, the idea of the rabbit hole, spending hours on YouTube, jumping from one video to the other. Um, so yes, I can imagine that many students would prefer that tighter remit to really focus on a particular task. Um, right, so moving on to the next question. Um, so what kind of devices have made the biggest impact in your classroom? Obviously, um, most classrooms have similar sort of setup with an electronic whiteboard of some sort, whether that's LCD or projector, um, obviously laptops and tablets, but quite often we overlook the smaller devices and the ones which are maybe um less pronounced um so can i go back with you again matt what kind of devices have you found that have made really big impacts that possibly viewers may find a little bit counterintuitive counterintuitive or maybe just not the first one that comes to mind what would you say 
I think for me, getting a visualizer was the was the biggest impact by far. I found that really, really useful um, in lessons in, in both key stages because it's a great way of modeling work. You can have a mark scheme set up on one projector for an exam board, and you can show a student's exam answer and say, well, no, in which which sort of you know exam band does this answer fit into? Why is it a level two? What needs to be to level three? Um, and that is really powerful as a way of showing the students, you know, where they've been successful and then how they can then move on to you know, the sort of higher, higher levels to get the higher grades. Mm. Well, taking one example from my own teaching, um, one thing which is quite difficult to get across in primary school is the idea of angles and using a protractor. It sounds quite a, a really simple thing, but I found a visualizer is fantastic for that because they can actually physically see your hands moving around and actually can emulate that on their own page. So it's not just a conceptual idea, it's also a spatial awareness idea, which really does come across really nicely on a visualizer. So Lowry, what about you? What kind of devices have you found interesting and useful? Um, well, in our class, we just use the iPads really and the laptops, the whiteboard, because they're only five and six. You can't really mm. use a lot of tech with them. But I find it really interesting about the visualizer because we don't use those in our school. We just use iPad and pair it up to the TV or pair it up to the board. But I do really like the visualizer because I think back when I was in school, we had the overhead projector and it worked. Mm -hmm. Just a, it's just a more modern overhead projector, really. I think. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, on the iPad especially, or any kind of tablet or mobile device, I find the camera is a really useful tool. Um, not just to record the work that the children are doing, but also the fact that they can record what they're doing. And because at the age uh, which Key Stage 1 is, they're obviously less able to um, do the written task of recording their work. So it's actually a really nice way of recording what they're doing in, in a digital way to be able to also, as you said previously, to refer back to that, um, which is a really nice uh, way of motivating learning as well, and also reminding them about how to do things. So the next question uh, that we're going to be talking about is about rollout of technology. Have either of you had much experience about rolling out um, devices across the school, or maybe having a new device which um, came into your classroom and you thought, oh, what's this thing? And um, maybe did or didn't get any training with that? Um, Lowry, if I can go to you first. Um, no, we are quite lucky in our school compared to other schools with our cluster and we have five iPads per class and then additional iPads um, if you want to do a whole class with the iPad each and then we have laptops enough to cover one whole class. But I know that other schools have um, devices per child which I find very strange because I can't imagine in a classroom where every child has a device in their hands. Do you think that that makes it more of a, a regular activity if they were to all have an iPad which they could then have at any moment at any time? So I'd imagine that iPad takes even more planning than having an entire yeah. class where you can just say, okay, get your iPads out now. Yeah. Mm. So, I feel like you'd think uh, you'd have to use them as well because they're such an expensive resource. Mm. Okay. And um, what about you, Matt? Have you had any experience of rolling out technology within your own classroom? Uh, not especially, no. I mean, you get given new devices sometimes now because obviously you know, new versions come out and they're sort of faster and better than the previous versions. 
Um, obviously, visualising when they sort of first appeared, there was a bit of a sort of plug on those, and they were sort of demonstrated in a whole school um, sort of inset, and then we all got given one, and you sort of had a bit of a play with it, and off he went. But I have to say, no, that um, in terms of actual training, it's probably been a fairly limited experience for me. Mm-hmm. So, would you say that you were pretty much left to your own devices, and do you think that's a good thing, or do you feel like you were left in limbo a little bit to sort of model for yourself? What would you say? I don't say we're left in limbo, especially. I think it's just a case of you, you know, sort of you know, have a have a good go, have a bit of a play with it, and if um, you know if you're finding it difficult to use, then obviously you know there's our technicians and support staff in school that you can go and see, you know, speaks about it, and or people that have got more experience of using them. Okay, and do you think that there is a, a culture of sharing ideas? So when you do find out something that's a really interesting app to use or an interesting way of doing something in particular, that that's shared within the school or in the department? Uh, I think so, yeah. We, we, sorry, we're going in with Larry. Sorry? Uh, if we can stay with you for the we, time. We're going that. first then, Larry, sorry. Oh, I think I like to think so. Yeah, I mean, we do we do sort of talk, and there's lots of informal conversations that take place in corridors. And um, I wouldn't say that we have sort of directed time to discuss technology and that sort of thing as a sort of agenda item. But I think it's probably you know sort of informally encouraged to share ideas and things you might have to come across, or apps, or websites, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now we can I ask you about your experience of. Um uh technology um, training both within the school and out of school so have you been to any interesting training uh at bet perhaps or at another event similar to bet and have you had uh trainers within your school talking about technology the rollout technology in useful ways for you in the classroom so i've never been to an outside training but we do have um, a company, um, value-added education, that comes into our school, and it's fantastic because they'll teach us as teachers a new app to use with the children. So something like Apple Classroom, where you can control all the devices, and at the same time, they'll be teaching the children how to use an app like Numbers, which they can use. So you're both learning at the same time, and is really useful because you're putting the training to use immediately. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned. I think that's the thing. Uh, that's interesting. Because, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, it's interesting. Obviously, because you're working with much younger children, then claim that they're not going to be as tech savvy as the students I'm working with. Because obviously, one of the things for a lot of teachers that half the time, the students in you know year ten and year eleven are going to know more about tech than I'm going to know. With they're even more clued up than I am. Mm. And do you feel that the skills they get from using technology and maybe being. Um, uh, less likely to worry about breaking technology. Do you think that those skills are the same skills that are needed within schools? Uh, I don't think there's any much, much of a panic about breaking anything really. The, the students I work with are fairly um, sort of mature in that respect. Um, I just think it's, it's not something I've really, I've ever thought about in that particular context much before really. Mm. But the idea of being a digital native compared to um, a digital uh, immigrant, I think the phrase is now, uh, the idea that uh, <laughs> students are much more able to access technology because they're not worried about um, doing harm to it because they have that extra confidence that maybe us in the older generations uh, maybe lack a little bit. 
Hmm. I bet there's always things that it's, it's very hard to break. Yes, well, we hope so. Hmm. Laurie, you wanted to come in? Because my children are very relaxed with the technology. They will just wander in with an iPad in one hand. Whereas when I first had an iPad, you were very precious about it. Mm -hmm. And just a final question for both of you, and this is really just sharing uh, interesting things for the community to maybe um, try for themselves, things that, they've come across, uh, that you've come across. So any apps or websites or particular devices or any kind of technology which you found useful in your own classroom that you'd like to share with the community. Um, what would you say, Matt, what kind of technology or websites or apps do you find most useful? There is an app called Kahoot, which is very useful for quizzes and, and sort of, you know, a recap and going back over prior learning. Um, again, it's reliant on you be able to use the other devices or a mobile phone within the classroom. So whereas I did use that a lot in sort of, you know, previous years, um, since the, the, the ban on using devices came in, it's much more difficult. So you're back to kind of traditional websites, but certainly for, G, for Key Stage 4, looking at programs like Seneca or GCSE Pod um, are well worth a look if you're looking to improve outcomes at Key Stage 4. Okay, that's fantastic. fantastic. We'll try to put some of those in the notes uh, so people watching uh, will be able to access all of the ones you've just mentioned. Larry, what about you? Any kind of interesting apps or websites or anything uh, like that that you're using at the moment? We use Kahoot a lot. My class adore Kahoot. Um, I like using them for AFL strategies, really. So we have Kahoot, Clickers, that's another one that we used to love up in Key Stage 2. Um, Padlet is a really great one if you want to make a whole class uh, mind map. And the kids get really excited because their ideas are popping up instantly. Huge thanks to Lowry Jones and Matt Warby for sharing their views and getting involved in the UK Ed Chat After Hours webinar. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to get involved in one of our live webinars about any educational topic, please get in touch. You can do so using the email address podcasts at ukedchat.com or contact me via Twitter using the handles UKEdChat or ICT Magic. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye!